glad again that you have made it out to be with us tonight. We want to welcome those that are joining us by means of the live stream on our Facebook page. We are glad you are with us this evening. And we are going to finish up tonight something that we've been studying for a little while, spiritual warfare, prepared for battle. And um, we want to try to um, move on to something else. We have dealt with um, different aspects of this. And um, I want to end up the service tonight by talking about knowing what you are fighting. Knowing what you are fighting. Um, as I talk about this lesson tonight, it takes me back several weeks ago. The very first lesson that we brought was recognizing the enemy. So this is kind of linked to it, uh, but uh, it's going to be different. And as you will uh, find out as we get into tonight's lesson, as we close out the series, Spiritual Warfare, Prepared for Battle, we're going to cover some of the directions uh, that Satan uses to approach you in battle. Uh, the devil don't come at you the same way all the time. He's got different avenues of approach. Uh, and uh, we need to recognize those uh, and, uh, and understand them. Now, to begin with, I want you to question something. I want you to think about this because I think this hits everybody. I've been here and I've done that. Um, but I want you to question why are there so many conflicts and battles with the enemy that seemingly are lost by the believer? Why are so many battles and struggles that believers go through seem to be end up bad for the believer uh, if the scripture is true what we all quote I'm referring to greater is he that's within you than he who is in the world that's very familiar around Pentecostal folks all right if that scripture is true, if the one that we possess, if we hold something greater, why does it appear we get beat up, so to speak, by the devil? Amen. There's a lot of times. We, we're not trying to uh, uh, do a masquerade here. 
But there have been times I felt like the devil just did a number on me. Why is that? Uh, There's no need to deny that it doesn't happen because it does happen. But what we're dealing with is spiritual warfare. We know it all has to do with spiritual warfare. What we want to deal with and question and understand so we can overcome that is why does it happen? Greater is he, he that's in me than he that's in the world. Well, if that's true, how come you don't bloody the devil's nose to him blooding your nose spiritually? Amen? Hallelujah. So what's going on? Now, I understand that the answer to that question can and is multifaceted. Uh, I understand that. It's not just one particular answer. But I'm going to tell you tonight one of the most common reasons is found in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Look on the screen. What's that say? My people. We're not talking about people in the world. We're not talking about people who don't know the Lord. But he says, my people. What? Are destroyed? Why are they destroyed? For lack of knowledge. That's the first half of... uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Knowledge, or should I say the lack of it, will leave you bruised and battered in battle. I'm talking about spiritual battle now. Spiritual warfare. We have the armor. We've read all through that verse several times, put on the whole armor of God. Armor, armor is for one thing, protection, protection. And we put on, so we've got the armor for protection, and we also have the weapons to fight with. Got the Word of God, we got the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, prayer. All these things are weapons. Amen. But what are we going out, jumping into spiritual battle, missing most of the time? What is it are we missing most of the time? I'll tell you what it is, and it's a big reason why so many Christians get the road pulled out from under them and the devil does a number on them, it's, it's not because they don't have the armor. It's not because they don't have the weapons. you got just as many weapons to use as what I do. We all have the same weapons. We all got the same armor. Me being a minister don't make me any better than nobody where God gives me something else special. I've got this, we all got the same thing. God's no respect to person. Amen? Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you one of the most prevalent things, and we read it there in Hosea. We go and we jump into battle 
without knowledge and also without his twin brother, wisdom. Amen. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. If you don't have knowledge and then the wisdom to use the knowledge, you're going to come out with a bloody nose. Hello, somebody. Amen. Amen. You're going to come out bruised and battered sometime. Now, some, some, some folks are going to get all bent out of shape right here, but I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to win the, whole, you ain't going to win the spiritual battle with just the Holy Ghost alone. You ain't going to defeat the devil by running up to him and talking in tongues. I've tried that, and guess what? He'll turn around and talk in tongues back at me. <laughs> Hello, somebody. <laughs> Amen. Glory. We've got to have to possess some knowledge because God has said himself, my people are destroyed. Not because they don't have my spirit, not because they don't have the weapons, but because of lack of knowledge. Now, if you listen to pastor right now and to begin to put into practice what I'm going to teach you this evening, I promise you, I promise you that you will come out with less bruises from the battle. Amen. And more victories under your belt. Hey, if we, if we can find out a way that we can get the, get the upper hand on the devil, why wouldn't we want to use it? Why, we, why wouldn't we want to put it in action? Hallelujah. Glory. Let me ask you a question. Talking about this uh, same um, train of thought. Last Sunday when I come in, Brother Brother Bobby was talking some about back when he was in the service. And um, he talked about his time in boot camp uh, and the Sunday school lesson last week. Uh, Let me ask you a question. What is boot camp made for when somebody goes into the military? Why is there a boot camp? Why? What is what is boot camp all about? Uh, okay, to get in shape, to train. Amen. Uh, but why would we want to go through all that misery of boot camp? He talked about having to get up and run three mile every day. Why in the world put yourself through all that? I mean, when you go sign up, they're going to give you a uniform. Hallelujah. God God gives you clothes to wear. He puts a new garment on you. Hallelujah. You got the uniform. They issue the weapons. After they get you a uniform and give you the weapons, why don't they just go ahead and send you right into battle? I'm going to tell you why. You're going to die in that uniform. And those weapons are not going to do you any good because you don't know how to operate them. Hello, somebody. 
Hallelujah. So, this introduction kind of lets you know where we're going at tonight. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a bit about praying for the sick. Because this is one of the areas that the church is dealing with today, that too many times people who come sick get prayed for, they leave just as sick. Now, like I said, I'm not, I'm not interested in masquerading nothing around here. I'm telling you the truth. I, I'm not saying nobody ever gets healed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying God is not real. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I believe everybody knows because it's probably happened to you. You've been sick, get prayed for, but you don't feel much change. Well, we want to talk about that. We all know that God is a healer. No question here. That's no question. We know that he's a healer. And we all know that faith plays a vital role. It's the prayer of faith, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. So why do we see too many come in sick and leave without the true healing touch? I'm going to tell you. There's two things we fail to do. We do not use discernment. Now, I'm talking about those that are doing the praying. We don't take the time to use discernment, and we don't investigate what the actual cause is. Oh, somebody come up. Oh, please pray, please pray for me. My, 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 my legs hurt, my belly's hurt, and I got a toe ache. Whatever. Here's all us church people jump out of the pew up there, automatically just start praying, oh, Lord, heal, heal, heal. You know what, God? God's got an order that he moves in. And the reason why you pray for somebody, you want to see them healed. You want to see them delivered. But I'm going to tell you, just because you pray it and it come out of your mouth don't mean God's going to listen. There's a right way and a wrong way. And give one example. Most of the time, most of the time, when somebody comes up for prayer and they say, well, I've got this, I've got this going on, I've got that going on. You know what most people pray for? They pray for the symptom rather than the cause. I don't care how much faith you got. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. You got to go to the root of the problem. Hallelujah. Uh, I've experienced, amen, uh, 
when in past when I've asked for prayer because a problem I'm having with swollen legs. Use that as an example. Time and time again, a lot of times people want to go directly to the leg and lay your hands on the leg, and the, the swelling leg is not the cause. The swelling leg is a symptom of something else. I don't mind taking the time and talking to somebody a little bit. When somebody comes up for prayer, I don't mind using the Holy Ghost that God gave me to let that Holy Ghost help me to have a little discernment. Because I don't want to waste my time, your time, and God's time. If I just jump into it just because, you know, I, I need prayer and just start, start praying, I want to pray where there's some results. Hallelujah. Amen. Now here is something, and we're talking about spiritual battle here. We're talking about spiritual warfare that too many times we come out battered and bruised, and, 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 and the problem is deeper. The problem is deeper than you just jumping into something and praying for something that you don't know what you're praying for. It's, 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 it's deeper than just that person that you pray for that don't get their healing. Because you don't know how many people sitting out in the congregation has been battling and battling and battling, and they're just about that far from losing their faith in God completely. And so somebody comes up here and they start, and they want prayer, and I do not depend upon God. I don't wait upon the Lord. I don't try to discern what's going on uh, and, and all that. And then I go through all this thing, and that person goes away sick. Not only does that person go away sick, but that person back there, because I jumped the gun, I might call it be the cause of that person losing their faith in God. Well, see, it ain't real. Hello, somebody. Pastor's doing some good teaching here. And like I said, I promise you, what I'm talking about that will help you if you will take this and apply it. Amen. There is a physical sickness or ailment that we all go through with because of the doings of Adam. Amen. Uh, I mean, these bodies are human. They're made of made of the dust of the earth. They're going to wear out. <laughs> Mine's wearing out faster every day. <laughs> Amen. Uh, they got all kind of stores. I wish you could go get a new body store. <laughs> but they ain't developed that yet. Uh, things happen to these bodies. Physical problems and ailments. I'm not going to tell you like some preachers try to tell you that if you live right with God and live for God, you never will get sick. Let me tell you something. One of these days you're going to die and you're going to leave this world. And guess what? It's going to, it's going to take something that's going to take you out. 
Amen. I mean, there are things that happen that's a part of life because we came from Adam. But, look at somebody and say, oh, he's got a butt there. But there is also a sickness brought on by a spiritual attack. Not, not a physical attack. A spiritual attack. Which has to be dealt with in a far different matter. Now, let's go here to um, Luke. And I want to show you something. I know you've read this scripture before. Maybe you never took the time to study it. But Luke chapter 13, and uh, beginning at verse 10, I guess, uh, it says, Now when he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Notice that. That spirit's getting into my iPad here. It don't want to move. Well... It is locked up on me. The devil don't want this to come out. That is for sure. I'm going to go ahead and read the next, next verse. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I didn't even touch it and come up. Notice, he didn't attack the symptom, but the cause. What was the root of the problem? Her problem was not physical, but spiritual. She could have went to a lot of of modern apostolic Pentecostal churches and got prayed for and never got healed because she was bent over. She couldn't get straight. And some of our Pentecostal people would be laying hands on everything, trying to get, come on. They'd be be pulling the poor arm's arm, about to break it, trying to get it pulled straight. Hello, somebody. It's funny, but it's sad, too, at the same way. Hallelujah. Some people you go to, they, they're going to be sure you're going to get slain in the spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. This woman's problem was not a physical problem. It was a spiritual problem. Uh, I want to read the same scripture in Sister Darlene's favorite version. The Amplified Version. Now Jesus was uh, teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman 
who for 18 years had an illness caused by a spirit. Notice it's got parentheses there, demon. Amen. There is a difference in a regular physical sickness and a spirit of infirmity. And we have to be able to discern the difference when we're praying for somebody. If we want that person to be delivered. Jesus looked at it. He says, woman, you are loose. See, that woman was, she, she, she was bound. And it was the devil that had her bound. She didn't have a physical problem. There's, there's not a doctor nowhere, a surgeon nowhere that could have done that woman any good. There's some things you can only approach through Jesus. Doctors wouldn't have done her no good whatsoever. So sometimes when you get sick, it can be a physical thing. I'm carrying them kids on that school bus now, and here in a, in a, in a few weeks, uh, in cold and flu season, all them little rascals are going to get on, and I'm uh, and, and, and Brother Sammy going to be up there driving that bus, and I'm going to hear him back sneezing and coughing, wiping snot on the glass of the bus, wiping it on the ends of the seat as they're getting off. And I'm right there in the middle of it. Lord, help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That will cause some physical problems. Amen. But then, sometimes you may get under the attack of the devil. He wants to try to prove that you don't have nothing real but God. He wants to prove to everybody that you are phony. So he's going to attack you. And bring some kind of infirmity and some kind of ailment your way. Just for a test. Let me give you another for instance. Let's go to the Old Testament, book of Job. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from uh, the, um, the uh, painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. He had done taken everything away from Job to try to prove to God that Job wasn't for real. It didn't work. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked I'll leave this world. God giveth and God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, but the devil went back to God and said, oh, 
But if you, if you strike him, if you strike his body, things will be different. And God says, well, go ahead and give it a try. He said, just don't touch his life. Notice, it was not God that did this to Job. It was the devil. Job was enduring a spirit, uh, a spirit of infirmity when he was struck with those painful boils. All, there was nothing physical at all in his body that caused that. It was brought on by the devil. Now, I said that to say this. We've got to have some knowledge and we've got to have some wisdom when we're battling and we're doing spiritual warfare. When you pray for, for somebody any time, you're going to battle for that person. You are going to battle for that individual. And so, because of that, you won't to have the knowledge that you need. Sometimes we need to do something. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's um, another scripture that just come to my mind that's not in my notes. But you know, the, you know, Apostle Paul said, lay hands suddenly on no man. Amen. Uh, the same goes true if you're trying to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. You can do more harm than good. You've got to discern an individual. Some people don't want to be touched. They got whatever. Some, you know, they they don't feel comfortable. And you don't just go ahead and just automatically just suddenly start laying hands on somebody. You praying them, they're trying to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Stand there for a few minutes. Wait upon God. I like what I heard one brother tell me one time. He said, I never lay hands on nobody to pray for nothing till I feel a quickening in my spirit. And God says, go ahead. Now's the time. That's just like the same thing as this. Years ago, there was a man in the church. Uh, it wasn't, I, I was very, I was very young. I, I just started uh, preaching. This this church was my dad's church, and there was a man in the church. He was um, kind of like a deacon, I guess, uh, in the church. And he had a son. I mean, Lord, that that boy he, he could he tried. He, I mean, he was constantly requesting prayer for God to deal with him, for God to deal with him. And uh, 
Lo and behold, one Sunday night, we look up and that young man comes to church and sits on a pew. But that dad, because of his zeal, could not just be thankful for the, hey, he's finally come. He's here. When the message had finished preaching and the altar call was given, he was just up there, just a fidgeting on the front seat. And I mean, it was evident. You can tell by looking at it, it wasn't God telling him to go back there. God didn't send him. He went on his own. And he goes back to him. Come on up and go to prayer. Come on out to And And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up front. I'm watching what's going on. And that, that boy, I don't know about 19, 20 year old. No, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. And, and, and in a few minutes, he just gets him by the arm and, pull, and he pulls him and drags him all the way to the altar. And that boy went, went on up there and he knelt down. And I knew just as well as I know my own name, he only did that to get his dad to leave him alone. He gets up and he walks out of the church. Never saw him again. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years passed. That boy never came back. That's just what I'm talking about. A lot of times, our failure to use wisdom and knowledge can do more harm than good. And uh, so it's the same way when you're praying for somebody. Uh, there's a lot of churches now, and I've been, I've been, I've been thinking about this and praying about this, and I, I, I've even mentioned it a couple times. But uh, there are a lot of churches now. The only, the only ones that they allow up front to pray for people is trained prayer partners that has gone through training in how uh, how to pray and when to pray and what to do and when to do it because uh, you can't uh, you can't just jump into something you've got to have some knowledge uh, and uh, you've got to be willing you know to take take the time to uh, sometimes sometimes you even if a person's even praying and they've prayed and prayed and prayed, but yet there's there's no no change made anything or whatever gone. Sometimes, and here you're using discernment and wisdom, know when doing. Sometimes you need to even interrupt their praying to talk to them a few minutes to find out what it is that's going on with them. Amen. You'll win more battles that way. Hallelujah. And what I've been talking about tonight, knowing what you're up against or knowing what you are fighting. Let me mention this, and I won't get 
deep and bring out no scripture here because my time is just about out. But there is the, uh, uh, the physical sickness, like I said, and then there's, all, there's also the spiritual uh, sickness. And, and just because you're a child of God don't mean that the devil can't put a spirit of infirmity on you. Has nothing to do about you being lost or saved or nothing like that. Sometimes the devil likes to just plain simply attack God's people. Amen. And then also there is there is the mental aspect. And that's a I mean that that's a that's a thing within itself that the devil will attack the body. And he also will attack the mind. Briefly, and I won't even turn over there, but in the book of Daniel, there was a king, King Nebuchadnezzar. You've heard that name. He's the one uh, who uh, cast uh, the Hebrew children in a fire furnace. A little while after that, the Bible said that he gets up one day or one night. I don't remember if it says night or day. I don't remember all the details. But he walks out on the palace and looks over that great city of Babylon. And he says, you know, this is Babylon the Great, which I have created. Not giving no credit at all to God. You know what happened? He lost his mind. He was driven plumb out, and the Bible says that he ate grass, and his hair, and it for seven times passed over his head. His hair grew like long feathers, and his uh, fingernails and toenails like claws. After the time period, he regained his mind, and then he said, uh, all glory belongs to God. Amen. So there are different ways that somebody can be attacked. And we need to know what we are up against. Um, I, I, I have seen the Lord has given me discernment. And I know there have been people uh, that had some problems uh, mentally, and, this, and we're not saying this negative by no means, but issues that they dealt with that caused them to act a certain way. And uh, uh, somebody else in the church that didn't try to use discernment say, oh, well, they just demon possessed and they lost it. No. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that people deal with today that the church could use more wisdom on dealing with people with depression anxieties all those things uh, I wish some kind of way that we could help better make the church a safe place where people that are battling things issues that they're not afraid to speak up and talk to somebody that, and they can have, put trust in that can uh, help pray 
to overcome some things. Amen. Uh, so, Lord, help us to know what we're fighting and know what we're up against. Take the time. Let us, let us get to the point and place that when we pray, we can pray in confidence that we're going to help a person win the battle. Let's all stand together.